Hey there, it's Bailey Hancock, career happiness strategist, creator of The One Year Career, and your host of The Bailey Hancock Show, a podcast that helps people figure out how to make big career moves with small steps. Navigating your career doesn't have to suck. I'm here to help you learn to love the process. Hey guys, Bailey Hancock here. We are back for another episode, and today we have one of my friends, Julie Knapp. Hey! I'm super excited to have Julie because... Most days, she fucking loves her job, and so I always love talking to people who love their jobs because it's fascinating to me when somebody can do the same thing, mostly, for a few years and still be super into it. So Julie is a casting associate, and I'll let her tell you all about what that means, and we're going to get to hear how the hell she figured out that was even a job, how she got it, all the grunt work she's done to get there, and potentially what's next. So Julie, welcome to the party. <laughs> hey, Bill. So happy to this is so exciting. I'm so excited I'm, that you're here. I'm so stoked for you. This is really, really cool. I get really bad dry mouth when I talk, so like I apologize in advance. Oh, good. So all the misophonia suffers, just <laughs> hold tight. She'll, it'll be okay. So, Julie, how does one, you know, become a Julie Knapp, you know, associate casting director? Did you want to be that when you grew up? What did you think you were going to do with your life when you were growing up? Well... Let's, let's go way, way, way back. All the way. <laughs> the way. The way, way back. So I was born and raised in North Jersey, like a half hour outside of New York. So it's a really, really culturally rich area in every aspect of that. Um, it's very similar to, to like the outskirts of LA where it's, you're so close to where everything happens and you have it at your fingertips. And thankfully, I have a family who is just as into the arts as I am. And I grew up uh, going to Broadway shows maybe like once once a month, once every couple months. Man, I'm so jealous. Yeah, so from the time I was maybe five or six, I was getting immersed in like the best theater in the world. Do you remember your first show? I don't remember the order, but I think... It was Greece. Pretty solid start. Yeah, I can't swear to it. But like, I also remember when we went to see Greece, they had this thing at the beginning. They have like a dance off for the audience. And you get to go on stage and dance. And I was, I, this is hard for you to believe, I'm sure. I was a really, really shy little kid. I don't believe that. That's crazy. Really shy. And I didn't want to go on stage. And my mom looks at me and she goes, Julie, you're only going to get one chance to dance on Broadway. And she pushed me and I went up and I danced and I obviously did not win. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's my, oh yeah, no, I've I've danced on Broadway. That's a great two truths and a lie statement. (laughs) I have danced on Broadway. (laughs) Technically, I have danced on Broadway. Hey, nobody needs to worry about the technicalities. This is Hollywood after all. Yeah. yeah so I, I really fell in love with that, but I was still super, super shy. And then my mom, I think it was the summer, the summer either going into fifth grade or into sixth grade, we have a really great local theater in our town. And I was like, oh, you sh- you're going to, it wasn't you should go to theater camp. It's you are going to theater camp. That's what's happening. So I went um, with one of my best friends, who's still one of my best friends, and we went for one week. And what it was is on Monday, you had auditions. And on Friday, you had the show. Whoa. It was that quick of a turnaround. It was all kids, probably ages 
nine to 13. And it was incredible. Um, it's when I went back since and watched the performances and was like, oh. But I just remember at the time, it meant, it meant the world to me. I was so all about it. Even after the first week I did, I was like, oh my God, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing that I really, really love. And how old are you? 10. Yes. I'm guessing. So at 10, I knew that I wanted to do something in entertainment. And that was like that whole process of going to theater camp is the thing that sort of got me to come out of my shell. It was the first time I never moved. Hmm. When I go to visit my parents, I'm still going back to my childhood bedroom. Oh, wow. So I, from the time I was in kindergarten, never really needed to make any new friends because right. we were all together the whole way up. So going to camp was the first time I was like, oh, I need to talk to new people sometimes and not, you know, just sit in my bubble. So it really was a great intro for what acting is and what performance is and what live performance is and um, what that process is, I guess. Because up until then, I don't think I knew I think I just sort of thought like, oh, these are the people on stage and they're always on stage. And these are the people on TV and they're always right. on TV. And that's, you're only thinking of the finished product. Exactly. You don't think of, you know, steps one through a million, you just get the final product. And it was a great, like, oh no, like there's so much work that goes into this that you don't know about. So I go through middle school, still doing theater camp. And then in high school, Oh no, I'm skipping. I feel like I'm skipping ahead. This is so not linear. This is Julie's story. You yeah. can take this path however you want. <laughs> um, so in high school, we had a really great um, like mass media program, which- Like a morning show kind of thing? No, we didn't have, our, our school didn't have TVs in any of the classrooms. It was just like basically a studio. And people from the program like have gone on to- make like big, big movies that you know. They're wow. like the writers, producers, really, really cool. And so we had, we had state-of-the-art equipment. And it was, I took two honors classes in high school. I took honors bio, which um, I did poorly. <laughs> and I took honors TV production. And like, that was the thing that stuck. And I remember our final project in honors TV production was you had to take a TV script and reproduce it in this tiny, tiny studio. That's really cool. And we picked an episode of Will and Grace. <laughs> and like, we had to learn the lines. We had to act in it. We had to record it. We had to edit it. We had to do ADR. We had to do like the entire thing. And I was like, wow. That's like, incredible. I really, 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 really want to do this like what was, your, what was your role in that that was grace of course <laughs> I'm, always gonna you, grace. I'm always gonna be a grace <laughs> those of you just listening and not watching julie has voluptuous red hair red <laughs> curly big hair and that is that couldn't be more well suited for i'm a red-headed jew from new jersey like i'm obviously grace it just clearly <laughs> role of a lifetime so until this point did you assume you were still gonna go on to the acting side or were you kind of open um I don't know what I thought 
I really, really don't. But I've always been someone, we're now going to circle back, who sort of had the goal at the end to some degree. Like I knew, I have an older brother, older brother Dave, who's six years older than me. And when I was in seventh grade, he was doing the college tour, like the great college tour of the Northeast. And we were driving, we were somewhere between like Philly and Albany. And my dad turns around in the car and he was like, you better be getting a good look at this because we're never doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) So you had to do the college tour seven years old. college tour at 12 years old. (laughs) And I remember getting to Syracuse and being like, yep. This is the one. <laughs> like, I assume you didn't go in the winter time, or no? We went in the summer. Yeah, no. You got duped. <laughs> so, like, I knew in seventh grade that I wanted to go to Syracuse, and it just so happened that they have one of the best communications departments in the country, and it was just that—that that was a fluke. That was nothing but a fluke that the school that I always wanted to go to had the program I didn't know I needed. What was it about Syracuse that sold you at 12? I don't know. It's just like, I, I, right. it just felt right. Um, I think once I knew, once that process sort of started, when you get into high school, you're like, oh, I need to think of colleges that I could potentially want to attend. The only school that even like was still in my head was Syracuse. Like I hadn't stopped thinking about it. Like it was just, there was something about it that, made me fall in love with it. And again, I was not there in the winter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little different. But I was also, here's the thing, like I, you, you didn't know me in high school and college. Like I was, I feel like when we met, I was pretty similar to, I like, I lost a hundred pounds after I moved to LA, which I, I can't remember. No, I was definitely after the transformation. Yeah, yeah. I've only known you as you today. But it also like, wasn't that cold for me in Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've definitely now become more afraid of the cold than I was then. Just a skinny cold person now. You know, Julie, you really lost your true essence. Damn. So you end up at Syracuse. Did you like, were you one of those kids that you signed up for your freshman year, your first semester, like you signed up for the major that you would stay with the entire time? No. Oh, okay. No. So here's, because I still, everyone had always said like, oh, you know, you should get into hosting. I'm sure you've heard the same. Like, oh, you're going to, you're going to be the next Oprah. And I'm like, first of all, absolutely not. (laughs) But like, that's at least something because at this point I still didn't really know what jobs were in the entertainment industry because when you make, when you're making that, you know, program in high school, you're doing everything. You don't know where the lines are. You don't know whose role that would be in real life. Got it. You're just sort of doing everything. So I, I went into Newhouse thinking I was going to be a broadcast journalism major. So that, that's what I declared as. And I was 15 minutes into my first class. And I was like, oh, no. That this happened to me a- with reporting. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This sucks. I don't want to do this at all. Yeah, like, this, is, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And everyone I was with was like super, super smart and super into the news. And they all knew all the news reporters. And like my intro class was all about like the integrity of journalism. And I was like, 
so far off base <laughs> with what I thought broadcast journalism was. So I literally, I walked out of the class at the end of the class, went to my advisor and was like, I think I want to do uh, the one with the cameras. No, I want to do the one, I want to do the one with the cameras. I don't want to do the one with the reporting. He was like, oh yeah, let's, let's switch that. Yeah. Minor, minor detail. But, um, it's funny cause I've always, I've never been a film person, which in LA is, I, I think the minority for mm -hmm. sure. I think like, most like a film junkie that's yeah. like obsessed with the arts of it all. And like, yeah. I, I love film. Don't get me wrong, but like, I've never had that desire really to like work in film. I always knew that it was TV. You were, I think I kind of feel like, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I sort of feel like you're either a TV person or a movie person. Um, I, don't, I definitely I don't, am. I don't know that I, Agree. I think as far as viewing patterns go, that tends to be more true. But I think a lot of people that work in the industry um, are, will take whatever job they can get. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> whatever job they get first, that's sort of what their path is. Right. And I think, I think had my first job been in film, this could be a completely different conversation. But it but, was. But it wasn't. Like, I've always worked in TV. I did one movie and it was like, oh, but it was also, I was doing extras casting. Oh, so it was a little different. It was a little, it was a little couldn't be more different. <laughs> um, where were we? College? College. So you switch, you go to your advisor, you go to your advisor, you're like, hold up. I want the other camera one. <laughs> Get yeah, me. Oh, yeah. So then, then I, um, yeah, then I started doing t like following the TV production route. And it's so funny because Syracuse now has this amazing drama department, which I think most schools that have some sort of communications department, I assume would also have a drama department, but they never mixed. Hmm. Like the, the theater department, and I, I could be wrong, don't quote me on this Syracuse, would not at the time allow their drama students to act in the um the student films and the students which makes zero sense which makes no sense yeah so what casting was back then huh, um was hey which one of my friends is available this saturday who'll do for <laughs> beer and pizza that's because that's who's going to be the lead in your your short so it was very highly technical and sophisticated, yeah. the process, yeah. The okay. process, it was grueling. There were callbacks. <laughs> it, was, it was a whole thing. So oh, it was, man. It was I like, would have been, been your volunteer every single time had we gone to college together. I'm sure. But um, I took this great TV production intensive where we had to create a show from scratch. We created the concept. We wrote the scripts. We built the sets. We um, recorded it. We edited it. We made the score for it. It was everything. Wow. And it was the first time they ever let someone from the drama department do the production. She was sort of like the guinea pig. And it was just like, oh, the quality here is infinitely better. But I mean, I have the DVD. If you ever want to see it, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of feel like we should put it on YouTube and link to it, frankly. <laughs> that, that's it. It's not out of the realm of possibility that it's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my homework after this is just dig up all Julia's yeah, YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm sure there's some weird stuff on there. 
That's YouTube. Don't, don't go digging. You don't know what you're going to find. <laughs> Only if I've got a, a full day ahead of me. So, all right. So you graduate. Yeah, so I, I, didn't, I didn't really know casting was a thing until I was a senior. So here's, here's the kicker. This is, this is where all of the bits of the puzzle sort of came together. So you have to do like internships in college. Hmm. So what, and I will, I'm just going to gloss over this to get to my point. I interned at the Maury show. Oh God. My junior and senior year of college. Oh God. Amazing. Everything you imagine and more. And then I came back to school and I still, so I'm like, okay, well, like, I guess maybe I'll work on. Wait, did you do casting for Maury or were you kind of all over the place? What the interns do or did at the time is we would take the calls. You know, at the end of every episode, there's like, if you or someone you know, blah, 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 call Maury. Your baby daddy is cheating on you. Yeah. So we would get, we would get some of just like the craziest calls you've ever heard in your entire life. and. It was, we had to like jot down these notes and present them to the producers. Like the ones that we thought were the best, we had to like present to the producers and they'd say, yes. What was your rubric for the best? Oh, well, there, there were categories. Go like, on. There, there, oh God. I'm just insanely, so I, I asked this because just last week I was getting my nails done and they happened to have Maury on. And I was like, well, A, I didn't know this show was still on. B, who willingly says yes to their girlfriend of going on a show to get like DNA tests done? Like who, knowing that they are not the father or are the, like who says yes to that? There's a lot of people who have never left their small town that are very willing to do what it takes to get a free trip to New York. Is that, do you think, what it is? Like, do you, and, I do. Oh, man. And I think it's a lot nice. of people that think that they're going to get their 15 minutes from it and that it's going to lead to something. It's a lot of people who may have nothing to lose. Fair. Okay, well, that answers my question. I literally was asking the nail lady. I turned to her. I'm like, who does this? <laughs> That's the answer. It, it was, we got some really interesting people I'm and you're you're what like 19 20 at this point I was 20 yeah, yeah. So that's I a good even, like I was living I was doing that three days a week commuting from New Jersey into Manhattan and it like it was an unpaid internship so like that's coming out of pocket so to save money I would sleep on the floor of my brother's studio apartment <laughs> Yikes. And then go into Maury every day. Yeah. So this is very like, and I just remember sitting there with him one day. He's like, you know, someday you're going to laugh about this. I was like, I'm never going to find this funny. I was like, oh no, it's very funny. <laughs> super, super funny that I lived on my brother's floor so that I could intern at Maury. Yeah, no, that's, I feel, I feel good about that laughter story. Yeah. He was right. Your brother yeah. was right. He's, he's a smart dude. Okay. Uh, so, so after Maury. So I go back to college after my Maury internship thinking, okay, well, after I graduate, I'll move to New York because that's what everyone does. And, you know, I'll work on a talk show or something. And while I'm doing that, I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't did know. What- you, did you have like an ideal talk show you wanted to work on? Who were you watching at the time? God, I was watching everything. I, I mean, I've been a Kelly Ripa fan. Oh, yeah. Since she was- All my children? Kelly Santos- on all my children. On all my children. 
Same. <laughs> like, I would watch Kelly Ripa read the phone book. Right. I just, I love her. So, like, I've always wanted to work. I wanted to work on Regis and Kathy Lee when I was little. Then, you know, all the... You're right. That was, like, the go-to morning show for a really long time. Yeah. I guess it still kind of is. I don't know. I don't want to say it still anymore, is. But, yeah. Okay. So, you planned to go work for a talk show. That was the yeah. path you were going to take. Yeah. Did and, that happen? And then... <laughs> My best girlfriend and I went to go see a movie when we were still at Syracuse. And I'm, I'm not going to put the movie on blast just because I don't recall who cast it. And I, you know, don't want to lose a sure. job in the future. Don't burn any bridges. I from like any bridges. Yeah. But we saw, we saw this movie and it had an extremely well-known actor in it who was playing, who had a, put a lot going on in the tabloids at the time. Okay. And she was supposed to be playing this super bubbly, carefree, sweet girl in this movie. And we walk out of the movie and, and my friend was like, well, what'd you think? Like, you know, I didn't hate it, but I just didn't believe so-and-so as that role. You know who it should have been? It should have been Leighton Meester from Gossip Girl. Like, it was Leighton Easter from Gossip Girl. I think I could have stayed in the movie better. And she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, that's exactly who that should have been. She was, you know, you should really get into casting. And it was literally the aha moment. The light bulb went off. Like, the world sort of stopped spinning for a second. Like, it all Everything came into focus. And I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> that's exactly what I should do I didn't even know it was a job I love that when you realize the thing that you're fucking good at is actually a real job like yeah. the same thing happened to me with event management after I wanted to kill myself from recording <laughs> classes I was like I just wish I could plan events for a living and somebody was like you know that's again <laughs> like, get out of town why didn't anybody tell me why didn't anyone tell me that Oh, that's, that's amazing. The thing is, like you grow up saying like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. You don't, you don't know a fraction of what the jobs are. Like kids know like five jobs, yeah. right? It's like firefighter, actor, teacher, astronaut, paleontologist, veterinarian, maybe, you know, like. But then it's also like sometimes the job doesn't exist yet. I mean, that is the real scenario of today. Like kids that are in high school today, good luck guys. Good luck even imagining what you're going to be when you grow up because it probably doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. Well, that's the thing. My brother, my brother is like a user experience designer for, for websites. And Did not exist. The job didn't exist when he was in college. Nope. Like, how, no. how do you prepare for that? Well, even look at the, like podcasts, like podcasts, granted, yes, they're like, you know, a new version of the radio, but this format did not exist, you know, yeah. 15 years ago. Certainly not. And when I decided to move to California to be a TV show host, I did not envision that that could manifest itself into a podcast. You know, mm. you just, you know what you know. And I think I always like what, I always like asking what people wanted to be when they grew up because you can usually find a shred of what they're doing today in that thing. And it's just because they didn't know all of the options because the options might not have existed or your tiny little child brain just couldn't understand and imagine. Well, this is funny. In our, in our fifth grade yearbooks, it, it says what we want to be when we grow up. And mine says veterinarian. Right. Exactly. 
I'm allergic to animals. I'm allergic to all the animals. I've always been allergic to all the animals. All my friends put veterinarian. So obviously that's what I put. Um, If it makes you feel better, I just found this picture the other day of 1991. I was in my one and only beauty pageant of my entire life. And it was was the Little Miss Firefighter beauty pageant. And I won. And it's because when they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you think I said? A firefighter. It was a judge, a panel full of firefighters as the judges. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be a firefighter. I think I said firefighter, teacher, or actress. Because, <laughs> you know, those all go hand in hand really yeah, nicely. I mean, the top three, obviously. Clearly. And again, those are like three of, six, three of six careers little kids know about. But yeah, I totally, I totally like bluff the judges because I, like, I was like, they're going to eat this up. I'm totally going to tell them I'm going to be a firefighter. <laughs> Whatever, strategy, kids. Okay, so you have your light bulb aha moment. This is what I should be doing with my life. Did you walk into, you know, a a casting director's office the very next day and say, guys, I have found your next prodigy? (laughs) Uh, That's how that works, right? You know, here's the thing. I get that call all the time. Mm -hmm. It's from agents. Like, I have the answer to all your problems. I'm like, "Mm," you know. Um, So the plan for me was always move to New York or move to Hoboken to stay in the tri-state area. That was, has always been my life plan. There was never any, there was never an option to move anywhere else. It was just because that. that's what people who grew up in my town do. Hmm. It's, it's just what you do, Bailey. You, you know, I mean, I'm from Florida, Julie. You know that I know this. Yeah, <laughs> Most it, people don't leave Florida. You, you know, you go to college wherever you're going to go, and then you come back, you live in Hoboken, Jersey City, or Brooklyn. 90% of my graduating high school class either lives in my hometown, Jersey City, Hoboken, or Brooklyn. So you're the one that got away, Joel. <laughs> yeah, right? um, but it's so funny. So at that time, so it's 2009 the only shows that were really filming in New York were like 30 Rock, Law and Order, and SNL. And if you couldn't get a job on one of those shows, like you just weren't working on TV. Well, this is also the height of the recession yeah. as well. And when did the writer's strike happen? 2010? I don't remember because... I like was not in it enough at okay. the time to be paying it didn't attention. Affect you really, yet. The, it, the the only reason it affected me was because all of the shows that I loved went on hiatus, and I didn't know why. And uh, I was too uh, I was too ignorant at the time to want to look into it. I just it was just like, oh, they're not on. I guess I'll watch reruns of something or other. <laughs> um, so I I couldn't find a job. I went on a couple of interviews. And thinking, thinking that my selling point was, well, I was a television, radio, and film major, and I watch a lot of TV, and I know who the actors are. What more and do you want? What more could you possibly want in an assistant? <laughs> I was like, God, I was so stupid. I was <laughs> so, so dumb. Like, it, it blows my mind how like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and don't you think that that's kind of necessary to survive that phase of your life you kind of can't you can't know how much you don't know otherwise you would just not even try right curl up in a ball yeah 
you have to be ignorant in order to like just foolishly, you know, forge your way ahead and assume like I can get a job anywhere. Yeah. Kind of like Bailey driving out 2,600 miles to LA being like, I've decided to be a TV show host. And that is what I shall. Um, soon LA, get my, get my trailer ready. (laughs) So then I, uh, I got an internship in the city, uh, working for a reality TV casting company. So they did, uh, they did reality TV and like audience casting. So a lot of the shows you watch, award shows and talk shows and stuff like that, hire their audiences. What are they looking for? A good clap? Do you make they, them clap? Honestly, I think <laughs> they, they just want like a hundred Baileys. They want people who know when they're supposed to laugh who know when they're supposed to clap. I can follow. Exactly. Who like, who understand where it's going and they're willing to just go along with it and enjoy themselves and not um, feel inhibited by the camera or microphone. They want people who are just gonna, just gonna be excited to be there. See, you know, what's funny is I always think I'm a really bad live audience member because I don't necessarily laugh out loud at things. Like I'm more of an internal laugher. Yeah. On most TV shows, like it takes a lot to make me actually like out loud laugh. And so anytime I've been in the audience for like a live filming, I'm like, oh no, you should laugh out loud, Bailey. Like they want you to laugh out loud. That's why you're loud Bailey today. That's literally only reason you're sitting in this audience is so your laughter can be picked up. (laughs) You have one job. One job. And it's literally the laugh out loud. You got to LOL, Bailey. You got to LOL. Lol, like your life depends on it. Lol all day. Lol, girl. Lol. So what was the, are you allowed to say what the reality shows were that you were casting for? Oh God. I honestly don't even remember. Um, But it was with, sort of tangentially with the people that cast Jersey Shore. I was going to say, I feel like you're in the zone for that time frame, yeah. like 09, 10. Peak Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, so I did very, very limited work within that, I guess. Um, so like I, I found a couple jobs doing reality casting. And honestly, like, and I was still living with my parents and I was so incredibly miserable. Yeah, that sounds about right. 22? Are we talking like 22? 21, 22. People don't talk about that phase of their life almost ever in a positive light. Like, you you know, if you talk to anybody about like, what, what was going on in your life at 21, 22, 23? And usually people are like, oh, I was going out all the time. I was having a good time. But the job piece of their yeah. lives are usually miserable. And it's because you hit that wall of reality as soon as you come out of college where you're like, I'm going to come out making, you know, $45,000 a year. And then you get there and you're like, yeah, thank you for my $25,000 a year, maybe. And also I'm so poor and nobody really wants to hire me. And I'm I not have no life skills. <laughs> I have no real applicable life skills. Oh God. Oh God. And it's this crushing weight of adulthood that hits you really yeah. hard. But the good news is that's the first dip, kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're just getting there. Don't worry. It'll go up. It'll also go back down. But It, yeah. it gets better. It, get, it gets worse after it gets better, but then it gets better again. It's kind of this ugly cycle of better, worse, better, yeah. worse for the rest of your life. Have yeah. fun. So I was, living, I was living in my childhood bedroom in my parents' house, interning for reality TV casting two or three days a week. And the other few days a week, I was my dad's secretary at his law firm. 
And uh, tell, tell the, are you allowed to say what your dad does? Cause it's such a funny, stark comparison to your life. Um, I, I, I don't want to say exactly what he does, but I, I will say he, he is an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a big deal attorney. Well, we'll little daughter Julie is off in Hollywood being a casting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's great is I really, I learned so much working for him and living, living at home and working for him are the things that sort of allowed me to move to LA because it allowed me a way to, you know, make money and save money. Mm. Cause otherwise I, you know, I had, I don't know, like a thousand dollars saved up from summer jobs from high school and college. That's pretty solid. I, I have to, that's probably way more than I had at that time. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can start a new life on a thousand dollars. Again, that ignorance really yeah. serving you. <clears throat> no, same thing. <laughs> so I had really, I had never, I had never entertained the idea of moving to LA. What I made did. you even let that enter your brain? I was that miserable. <laughs> I was, I can't, I genuinely can't put into words how miserable I was and how resentful I was that I had friends who were out there doing it. And I was living in my parents' house. It, it's time that I look back on now. And I'm so, so like, it's, I, it sounds so stupid, but like, I'm so thankful for that time in my life. Yeah. Like, I'm so thankful that I have parents who let me move home, who hired me, who made sure that I had, you know, a root who wouldn't let me, you know, be homeless. Yeah. You know, like I, I couldn't have more supportive parents and a more supportive family. And like, I, I think because I knew I had that cushion, I wasn't pushing myself. Yeah. And it was funny. I, I was really fed up. I was like, I was done. I was so done. I was like, and I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. And I called our friend Nate. <laughs> was he already in LA? He, he and most of most of that like Syracuse group of of people that that you and I both know moved here right after graduation. Not all they of them. They skipped New York. They just came straight yeah, out. Here. They came straight here. So they already had close to two years under their belt by the time I got out here. But I I called Nate and. I, uh, I, I told him what was going on and he basically said to me, he goes, I go on hiatus from the show that I'm working on in two weeks. And then I'm going on vacation. I think he was, he had a trip planned to like Peru or something. I don't know. Or Classic Nate. Classic. Um, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, if you can be here in two weeks, you can live on my couch as long as you need until I leave on my trip. Nice. And I hung up with him and I called my other friend who I went to high school with that lives in LA. And I told him where I, you know, where I was at in my head. And he said to me, if you want to talk about making TV, stay in New York. If you want to make TV, move to LA. Ooh. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, why, why you got to do like that? Um, and I slept on it. And I think the next day I went in to talk to my mom. And I was like, I think I was crying before I crossed through the door. Yeah. And she was like, what, like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I think, I think I need to move to LA. Like, I think I got to do it. 
and she and my dad did that in retrospect was the parental thing to do they they gave the pushback at first which was are you sure you want to do this why do you need to do this you don't have a job that you're going out there to you don't have a home that you're going out there to do you have it they were really being no holds barred like the these are the odds you're facing this is these are the hurdles that are ahead of you are you sure that you want to do this 3,000 miles away from your entire family. And it was just, I was, I think I had, I was at the, maybe 22? Yeah, I must have been 22. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I got to do it. And I was young enough and stupid enough to do it. Yeah. And Wait, do you think like, I, I think about that with myself now. I don't think me of today would have the balls or the ignorance to just do it. No, absolutely did, not. You know, seven years ago. But I'm also, you know, I was on my parents' health insurance. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's so different. If like, it was ever going to be easy, it was then. Yeah. I'm like, well, I still know that I have, I have four years of health insurance left before I need to be a grown-up. Yeah. You know, and like that, that was sort of the barometer. It's like, you have four years before you need to have a big girl situation where you can have health insurance because you can't not have health insurance. That's not, that's not <laughs> that's an option. You that had have. that thought because I was like, I'm a healthy person. I'm cool. <laughs> you know, there's too much like family history of stuff for any one of us to not have good health insurance. <laughs> Fair. Like we just don't, don't, don't tempt the fates here. Just have it. <laughs> I'm so glad that I, I had that ignorance and it actually worked out because I definitely went like, I think two and a half years without health insurance when I moved to LA and thank God. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh is right. There's a gamble. <laughs> yep. Thanks Planned Parenthood for keeping the birth control going at least. <laughs> yeah. We should put, can we put a link to like donate to Planned Parenthood? Yeah, pretty much. Thanks for keeping Bailey alive. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I'm, I, uh, I also know that I can't sit in a car for three days with the same person. So I ship my car out. And so you're like, road trip is not yeah, enough. I don't, I'm, that's not a thing I'm interested in doing. No, thank you. So I ship my car out and Nate picked me up at the airport. And like, you know how I said, like, I was really miserable when I was living at home. Well, as it turns out, I was more miserable when I moved to LA. <laughs> living on a couch wasn't your speed? Living on, living on a couch, Nate at the time lived with, he had two other guy roommates because this was at, I don't know if you knew him at the old apartment. Hmm. And so they each had a bedroom and I was living on the couch in the living room. And it was just like not a great situation. And I just remember once he was like, um, so on Wednesdays we watch Survivor and <laughs> I know that that's technically your bedroom but we're watching Survivor on Wednesday, so it's up to you if you want to be here. <laughs> like, so that's how I got into Survivor for the rest. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That is too. You were forced into it. I was forced into liking. Now I love it, but I was forced into liking Survivor. Um, so I was looking at that point for any job that would take me, and I ended up. God, I, don't, I can't remember how long it was, but I, I, I wanted to leave after the second day. I think yeah. the second day I called my mom and I was like, this isn't for me. I have made a horrible mistake. I made a horrible mistake. It's too sunny. I'm just sweating all the time. Like, I don't like it here. 
And she was like, Julie, it's, you haven't even been on vacation yet. Right. She goes, you've been there for two days. Wait till you've at least had a vacation. Why don't, why don't you think of this as a vacation? So stay there for two weeks, enjoy a vacation in LA. And if you really still hate it, let's have this conversation again. It sounds like you're at summer camp basically for the first time and your mom's exactly. like, give it a chance. You haven't yeah. made new friends yet. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And I was like, I, I am not the type of person that could sit home all day. It's just, it's, you get two in your head. It's just not, I can't do it. So I'm like, I'm going to take, I'm going to look for jobs in TV casting and I'm going to look for jobs in reality casting and whoever calls me back first, that's the job I'm taking. That's where I was. It was, it was that simple. So who was the lucky winner? The first job I had, so I was living on Nate's couch in Santa Monica and I got a job doing reality TV casting in downtown LA. So anyone who's listening who is Everybody not, just oh, shuddered. That's, that's like a solid 40 minute commute. If it not was, more, yeah. If you're not hitting any traffic. Um, so that was brutal. <laughs> and but, you had your car at least. That's good. Yeah. I, um, so it was, it was this, uh, this reality show that they'd been trying to get off the ground for years and years and years. And the thing about reality TV casting is what it's different from script, like scripted casting. You have pilot season, obviously, which is, you know, uh, you make a pilot of a show and then they decide if it's going to get picked up to series. Mm -hmm. What they do in reality casting is they make a scissor reel. You basically, you do like a two minutes of what the show would be if it was made. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to cast a sizzle reel for this show that was about um, arranged marriages. Sure. And we like reality casting is a lot of cold calling people and saying, Hey, do you want to be on my TV show? Here's, here's why it won't ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a different sell than people yeah. coming in auditioning for you. It, yes. <laughs> but it Not was, it was, it, you know what? They were hiring me and the other people weren't. It, right. was, it was that simple. Yeah. And when you're for the first time in your life and like, Oh, I've never paid rent before. Oh. Like I need to pay rent. Like I've never, you know, bought my own groceries before. Wow. Like these are things that I need to do now and I need a paycheck and I, this, this is what I can do. And it was one of those things that work begot work. And as soon as I got the first job, I got a second. And these are, the way it works is you're working on a show for like two or three weeks. It was real, just quick changing wow. jobs every few weeks. And then I was changing jobs every two months. So it was just Bless real. all of you guys in the industry's hearts that can handle and withstand like that kind of constant change. It's so brutal. It I really I, I know that I couldn't do it. But that's the thing. It sucks so bad when you're getting started that it weeds people out very quickly. Did you think about quitting and going home at any point? Not once I got started. Mm. So you once, stuck it out. Once, once I got the, the first job is the hardest one to get. I think that's true for probably any and every industry. Yeah. And it just so happened that I fell in with good people and got hired by good people who took really, really good care of me. Mm. That and is, I feel like that's not a normal story in an yeah. entertainment. 
my my first boss who ever hired me in LA on on this job um now lives down the street from me and like we got drinks six months ago like you know it's it's people that to some degree I still stay in contact with because they you know they they had my back when no one else did they really just looked out for me and made sure that I had a job and it was like these are people that check in they're like uh they'll just email and be like I have a show coming up are you available and it's either it's there's no hard feelings if you're not but they you know they worked with you before that you want to work with people that you like I mean I think that is 100% true for every industry right like you you find the people that are good to you and that you're good to, and you stick with them job after job. That's how, I mean, the only jobs I've ever had that I've truly hated and not been the right fit for have been jobs that I got without somebody recommending them to me. They were kind of Craigslist or whatever jobs, but every job where somebody I knew told me about it has been a great job for me. It's because they've got your back and they wouldn't yeah. you know, suggest something to you that was going to suck for you. So it's that's like, I very actively suggested friends not work at places right right yeah. oh same yeah you otherwise you're a terrible friend yeah. <laughs> all right so let's, like, I don't think that's for you so, yeah, I, so, so, so I get into reality forward. casting yeah. and I did that for my first year and a half two years something like that out here and basically I woke up one morning and just was just like no I'm done mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore this is I didn't move 3,000 miles away from my family to do this. This isn't what I moved to LA to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it there, there's a little bit more to it than that, but I'm, I basically walked into my boss's office. I was like, this is my last show. Like, I will finish my contract. Please don't call me again. <laughs> and I said that I'm like, because if you call me, the, the money was really, really good. Like, I'll put it on the table like the money was really really good Bailey (laughs) and I was like if you call me again I'm going to take the job and I don't want to take the job so I'm like I'm asking you nicely please do not call me oh this is like in goodwill hunting (laughs) and when he's like one day I'm just not gonna show up or one day you're not gonna show up and it's gonna be the happiest day of my life yeah Yeah. so you know I every job I've ever left I've left on great terms which is that's awesome. And people that I really genuinely keep in touch with and I love them and I still like, I'll watch their shows. And like, oh, I don't. Yeah. That's yeah. gotta be really cool like, too, to see. I mean, it's been cool from an outsider's perspective. And for those of you listening, like Julie and my friend group, like pretty much everybody's in the entertainment industry and I'm so not. And so from an outside perspective, it's really freaking cool to watch these people you know, I've been here seven years to go from assistance and, you know, doing tons of grunt work to like being important parts of the industry. It is the best thing ever to see. So I'm sure from your perspective, it's got to feel even cooler because you're watching the people who you've come up with do really amazing things. Well, I mean, but that's so much of what my job is too. It's watching these people, you know, who have one line on a show like, and you see, you see the nugget of talent. You're like, you're going to be something. And yeah. like, I'm going to help you. Uh, like, that's going to feel incredible. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, if you're right for a part, like we're going to bring you in and like, I'm going to show my other friends who work in casting how good you are. 
Because even mm-hmm. like if you're not going to be on my show, like at least be on a show. Like people yeah. should be watching you. And like that's it's so fun. But it's also like that that's that like that's the best part of the job. It really is. It's just and it's so much fun because you get so invested. You get so invested in some people where it's just like, oh man. It's so great to see good things happen to good people. And you spend a lot of time with these people, especially when they go through the process. Yeah. Some people, some people get offered shows and some people audition seven times for the same role. And it's like, you're in it with them. (laughs) Like, oh God. So walk me through like your typical day and and what your favorite parts are. I mean, I can see this being like the biggest, best part because you literally get to see people like emerge in their careers in front of your eyes mostly due to you helping them which is awesome oh wait wait, hold on I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna write we we have to jump back to how I got my first actual scripted job real quick because you're such your like ladies helping ladies thing I love it go (laughs) on (laughs) no because I this is such a Bailey thing I grew up with this girl named Rachel who is we went to Hebrew school together we've known each other since we're in like kindergarten like she did she did a reading of my bat mitzvah like this is my girl we didn't really talk she ended up going to a different high school than me so we didn't talk for like high school and college we sort of lost touch and then she moved to LA a couple years before I did we finally reconnect and she was working as an assistant on uh I feel uh, I feel like I could say the show she was working as an assistant on Cougar Town Oh, nice. And I was like, you know, like this, I was working in, in reality TV cast. I'm like, this is what I like. I want to do casting. Like, this is what I'm here for. She goes, well, I don't know the casting people. Well, I could hand off your resume. I don't know if it's doing anything. Like, I don't know if they're hiring. I have no idea what they're, you know, I'm sort of tight with their associate. So like, I'm okay. Giving them your resume. Like, okay. Awesome. I don't hear for months, months. And then finally, Rachel she goes, hey, I happen to be going out to dinner tonight with the casting associate on Cougar Town. You want to come with me? Yes. I'm like, yeah, sure. So um, Jade from America's Next Top Model was our hostess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I will always remember that. And so the three of us have dinner. And I didn't know that it was a job interview. Ah, which is probably good, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, Emily brought my stuff to the casting director. She goes, you know, this is, this is Julie. This is her thing. You know, she has no experience in casting, but like what assistant when they start does. And they ended up hiring me with absolutely no experience. So I don't know why they did it, but I will forever, ever, ever be grateful. Because that's the whole point in leveraging your network to get jobs because they vouch for you. Yep. And then Emily really... She's one of those people that, Emily was the associate on Cougar Town. She's one of those people who just took the time hmm. to teach me. And like, she took me under her wing. She goes, I can tell that you're in this for the long haul. I can tell that this isn't a job. This is a career. Like, I know that this is what you want to do. So I'm not wasting my time teaching you. Hmm. And she sat there with me. And she explained things to me. And like, she's still one of my really close close friends like we talk all the time I go to her when I have problems at work you know it's one of it's one of those relationships and and it, it was 
I've been so lucky to have like a series of really awesome, awesome women who have passed my resume along, who have recommended me for jobs, who have taught me, who have, who have kept me around and said like, you are clay and I'm going to mold you in my image. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I yeah. and do you have anybody below you that you've been able to do that for yet? Not yet. Um, but I hope to. Yeah, yeah. it's just I haven't. It's the circle of yeah, life. It's, it's the circle of career life. Yeah, it'll happen inevitably. But I don't know if I'm far enough in my career right. yet to have that uh, underling. <laughs> you will though, and it's going to be really cute when you do. <laughs> it'll be fun yeah so what would you say out there for the people listening that are like wait casting that sounds amazing if you could give younger julie any bit of advice on and i'm never a big fan of like skipping steps right i don't think I, whenever i ask like what would advice would you give your younger self and people say kind of nothing because she needed to do it the way that she did it to get to where she is but yeah. you know for somebody like coming in from the outside or starting to just think about this what would you say is there a logical route in um, is there like the right kind of step or the right kind of internship to take? Or is it all kind of just, you got to just take what comes? Well, I, I think there, in the entertainment industry, I think there's two routes, sort of generally speaking. The first route is if you know what you want to do specifically, if you know you want to be in casting, if you know you want to be a producer, if you know you want to be a writer, if, and you're like, and I mean, you're sure, you're sure that this, or you want to be a cameraman. Like if you're sure, then you sort or of camera lady too. or a camera lady. I, <laughs> yes. And I, I worked with amazing camera ladies. Oh, good. They, so they do exist. Yes. Um, they app, they absolutely exist. And there are some awesome projects right now that are like all about hiring all female crews. And it's so, 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 so cool seeing these like female produced, uh, TV shows and features. It's awesome. There's so much cool stuff happening right now with women getting opportunities to do things that before they weren't allowed to do. Yeah. Like it's a lot of rule breakers and they're so you know cool. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the, the first route is the direct route of starting as, I mean, the problem is a lot of places don't have internships anymore, which has made it a lot more difficult. Hmm. Um, to an extent there's ways around that. Um, I'm not going to say any because I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but basically it, it's really hard to find someone to get your first job and it's a lot of networking and it's a lot of saying, you know what, well, can I sit in on a session for a day? Can I stay in, in the office for a day and just watch? Can I shadow you? And that would be one way. Um, I think to a degree the more common route, I think a lot of people don't know exactly what they want to do. Um, or have a lot of difficulty finding that first job and just need something to get them something that's within the realm of what they want to do that will pay the bills. I was going to say, like, do you feel like it's easy to get pigeonholed if you just take something that's Absolutely. like, in, like you, I know that getting stuck in, a, in as an assistant is like a real thing. Absolutely. And if you're good, then nobody wants to let you go. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's easy to get pigeonholed, but, but I think, I think, you could get out of it but because that's the thing like I was doing reality casting and it's so easy to be like oh she's a reality tv casting director and it's like I'm going to change how you see me 
because I am not like I'm putting my foot down and I am not this person. I am not that person. I am not looking for those jobs. I am not accepting those jobs. That is something that I did and it got me to where I am. And now I'm in the next chapter. And this is the only kind of job I am applying for. I knew I wanted to be in casting. So I only applied to be in casting. That's what I wanted. And you did the right thing, right? You got a very good in somewhere by somebody that could vouch for you as a human, not you as your resume that until that point. Do you think that you'll always stay in casting? Is it something you could see doing your whole career? Yep. Really? Yep. I I have, you know, you could throw this in my face 30 years down the line if something changes, but I can't imagine doing anything different. What's your dream job within casting? God, I don't know. Um, it's so funny because I, I started doing comedies and I've been working on dramas for the last like two years. And it's, when I was in comedy, I was like, oh, well, I'm only ever going to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I want to do. And then when I was doing drama, I'm like, oh, well, this is to- like, this is a completely different. So I, I don't know. I, I You're don't, open to that being like. Yeah, I'm very open to anything. I obviously like the end goal is to be a casting director. Um, is that the height of this job path? Yeah. Well, cause it really is very much so. Like the alternate route would be like if you wanted to be the head of casting at a studio or a network. But that is, in my opinion, the, the corporate route. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's political, it's bureaucracy. Whereas I think this is sort of the fun part. Like, I think it's so much fun to be in the room. It's fun to get to play. Like, yeah. we just, like you get to play with the actor. You know what? Do it, do it silly. Do it just for, forget, <laughs> forget everything that you've been preparing. Just like, just do it the way you would, you know, it's fun getting the immediate like thing, but, but that's a fraction of the job. Hmm. It's so funny. Like I thought that that was the job. That's, you know, there's so much more to the day to day. What's the Um, worst part of the job? The worst, the absolute worst. Yeah. Is after you cast someone in a pilot. And you find out that the studio and network have decided that they no longer want that person to be part of the show. Do you have to tell them? Um, it's normally their agent or the creator of the show that relays it. But mm-hmm. I would say without question, that's probably, that's the worst or, yeah, no, I feel like that's, that's like a real aggressive number one. Yeah. And then the second worst would be working on a pilot that doesn't get picked up. And that happens a good amount, right? It, uh, I would say I'm, I think I'm ahead in the count. I think most pilots I've done have gone to series, but there's been a lot of pilots that I've done that haven't. And it's so, it's, it's like, it's your baby, dude. Yeah. Like you, you, the only, the only way I could describe making a pilot and like the, the stress level and the degree of work that goes into it. Imagine an accountant like the two weeks leading up to April 15th and how their lives are in shambles. Yeah. (laughs) That's what pilot season is for casting. Oh God. So it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's sometimes, sometimes it's 12 hour days and sometimes it's all, you know, you do what you have to do to get it done. And then if you find out 
in May that it's not going like, oh my God. All of that was for nothing. No one's ever going to see it. Uh, Yeah, that's got to be heartbreaking. Devastating. But I mean, I, it's so great at the end of making a pilot before, before the pilot actually gets made. Once you have your whole cast, they have what's called a table read, which is exactly what it sounds like. Everyone sits around a table. Um, the studio and the network are there. All of the actors that you've cast are there. All like, all like the important people. Are <laughs> and it's the first time that you're hearing everyone together. That's got to be it's really the first cool. time that you're hearing it from, um, from opening to closing. The once all the way through with all the characters, the way it's meant to sound. Mm-hmm. I have never not cried at a table read. <laughs> I mean, it's got to feel emotional. It's All your puzzle pieces are together. Yeah, it's, it is so incredibly emotional. Aww. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. It's, so it's, is it, is it true? Is it better to have loved and lost than to never loved at all in this scenario? Like, would you rather go through that and then potentially have the pilot not get picked up than just not do it at all? If it's something you're passionate about, absolutely. Yeah. And here's the thing, you there's no way of knowing if it's going to go or not. I've been wrong so many times. Hmm. I, I've thought shows were a sure thing that didn't go. And I've thought there's no way this is getting picked up and it gets picked up. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well I was way off. Well, all right then. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's nice to be surprised. Sure. I I'll say I, I love being proven wrong. I really do. I love saying like, there's, there's no way that person's right. And then you watch them do like, Oh, I was super, super wrong. I'm so happy. I was wrong. That's gotta be a good good. ego check too, that you get on the regular is that. So you never get too much in your own head of like, I'm the best casting director on the (laughs) planet. That's the thing. Like, and it happens sometimes it's like, I was completely off base and I'm so happy that, you know, this agent fought for their client and really, you know, put their all into it because they, they were right. And, you know, for one reason or another, I didn't see it the first time they did it. And thank you for annoying me until I watched it again. Or thank you for having them redo it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I can't see, it's always funny to like hear the jobs that people are super passionate about because yeah, I still don't want to do what you do. And I think that's, that's exactly the point though, right? That's like, everybody's got a thing that's perfect for them. Mm -hmm. And I think you've like totally found yours. So I'm just excited to ride your coattails. You know, (laughs) I knew that bitch. I had her on a podcast back in 2018. (laughs) Yeah. it's, I'm, I'm so, I'm so curious to watch this back years from now and be like, oh, well, I was really right on about this stuff and I was really far off base about this stuff. And <laughs> you know, when wait. you're, when you're a third grade teacher in 10 years, we'll have a really good talk about this. <laughs> you would be, no, I mean, absolutely be not. modern day Miss Frizzle. Come on. It'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, oh well, let me tell you, you, you have enough like auditions with kids and you're like, I don't know how teachers do it. I have a lot more respect for teachers now than I did when I was 17, believe me. Oh God. And I'm sure actor kids are a whole different ball game than normal children. And that's all we'll say about that. (laughs) Well, Julie, thank you so much for this. This is so cool cool to hear like your whole origin story. And I love when people love what they do. So yay. Oh, Bailey, you're the best. This is super fun. Thanks, Jule.
See you, everybody. Bye, guys.